everybody. Welcome back to ADHD Gaming Podcast number nine. It's only been like eight, nine months. It's cool. <coughs> Two, it's three years. No. Yeah, it's been a few years. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, obviously the podcast tapered off a little bit there, and uh, <laughs> we're kind of back in full force. Um, I've got kind of a new crew going on. Um, who I'm about to introduce right now. Once again, I've got my buddy Alex. What's up, Alex? Hey, hey, what's going on? And then the newest addition to the show, which is probably going to be a permanent thing, because he's uh, good with time management, and uh, he'll actually show up to these things. He's so a stand-up this guy. Is, he's a stand-up guy, that's right. And that is uh, Mr. Matt Anderson. What's up, Matt? Nothing. I try my best to be a stand-up guy. Thanks for the compliment. <laughs> Marky Mark. Marky Mark. And the Funky Bunch. All right here present. <laughs> that would yeah. be a present. gamer tag. Anyway. Well, we've got some news, boys. It's been, like I said, eight, nine months now, and um, there have been a couple things going on in gaming. Um, so instead of making up for the past eight or nine months with, you know, old news, which can be really boring, everybody's moved Make on to their podcast. Make a six-hour long show. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were on vacation. Nothing <laughs> happened. Kind of like yeah, the German exactly. history between 1941 and 45 in the Family <laughs> Guy episode. <laughs> so, um... So, yeah, we're just pretty much going to hop into the newest stuff that's been going on and kind of start off fresh. So we're kind of in the middle of, like, deciding on whether we're going to keep this an Xbox-only show or kind of go back to how we first started the show with, you know, it being all gaming all the time and kind of going over all different, you know, the big three, Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox. Um, so I don't, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to see what we're going to do with that. But right now, today, we're going to pretty much start off with some big news in terms of like some Scorpio stuff. And then we're going to hop into obviously the biggest thing with it being March 5th, which was the Nintendo switch release a few nights ago. So that's, um, yeah, we got some cool stuff to hop into. So I'm going to jump straight into it. Um, actually, no, you know what? Let's, let's catch up a little bit. What, what's been going on with you guys in gaming? How, what have you been playing Alex? Um, I've been playing a lot of battlefield and a lot of Skyrim. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Jesus, the, uh, both of those games released since last time we talked. Jesus Christ, that's bad. Really? Oh man. Well, I mean, yeah. true, but I just recently bought the remastered edition of Skyrim, so I guess it's new for me. I don't know. But um, and considering I broke my TV, well, um, you know, a long time ago. So we talked about when, this before. Yeah. Back when the original Skyrim came out, so I never even really got to play it past level nine. So uh, mm-hmm. shit's been lit. Yeah, you've been addicted to that game, man. What have you? Uh, what level are you now? You know? Uh, I think I'm 28. I mean, honestly, I haven't picked it up in you know a week or so. But um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm sitting around 28. Um, you love this game. You've kind of fallen in love with this, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, shoot, I beat the main story like at level 16 or something like that. And that, I think, that, was, that was fucking crazy when you told me <laughs> yeah. that. I was like, dude, you weren't supposed to really do that. So you're close to like <laughs> I know. I've been talking to all my buddies at work to play the game, and they're like uh, level like 35, and they haven't even touched the main story yet. Some of them don't even know like what quest to do to like do the main story, and I'm just like, I don't know how you guys do that, but um. So yeah, yeah, I did that, and then I, you know, been working on some guilds. Um, you know, the Kenya's Guild, Assassin's Guild, and the Dark Brotherhood, the, the Mages uh, Guild. I think you Thieves were Guild. On, right? Yeah, the Mages Guild. Um, yeah, the Mages Guild. Have you done Dark Brotherhood yet? Or were, no, that was no, the one I, where you wanted to know how to do that, right? And I was talking to you, and I was going to kind of show you how to. Yeah, yeah. So sometime this week, we're yeah, we're going to have to knock knock that out too, because uh, you told me that's a really good one. Oh, cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Matt, what have you been up to, man? 
gaming. I know you've you're just talking to us pre-show about like all your achievements and stuff. So yeah. how's that translating to what games you've been doing? Well, I guess for this podcast, I'll probably be known as the resident achievement hoarder. So I have <laughs> recently true. gotten my gamer score up to 185,000 gamer score, and by me doing that, I've been playing the Telltale games on my Xbox. So the Batman Telltale series, Minecraft Story Mode. Some of them may be a little childish for a person of the age 24, but I'm still doing it, <laughs> racking up those achievements and getting my gamer score way up. Haven't really been getting into the hardcore stuff on the online multiplayer, just because uh, I want to get my quick fix for those achievements, and Telltale seems to be the way to go. But I am looking forward to Mass Effect Andromeda, which is coming out in the future. I'll definitely be putting some time into those. And I, I guess on the non-Xbox front, I have been trying to run lately. I'm training for the mini marathon, so when I've been running, I have been getting back into Pokemon Go now that they added 80 more Pokemon from the Johto region. So I have been running three miles, getting my steps up, collecting my candies, and running to the nearest Poke Center in my neighborhood. That's awesome. You have, you have a Pokemon Center in your neighborhood, huh? Yep. Yeah. Uh, my grade school that I went to is only a mile away from my house, so... The gym of my grade school is a pokey center, so get to run up there. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, (laughs) that's so that's awesome. Yeah, um, I know Natalie has been uh, super dude. She's passed me in level and in Pokemon Caught now. So I mean, it's it's pretty fun, honestly. Alex, have you gotten back into Pokemon Go at all? Dude, I honestly deleted it, bro. Oh fuck, (laughs) why? Because I never touched it. I really didn't like even um. Really. I I feel like. Um, when it first came out, yeah, I played it for like a month when it first came out, and then like when we were down in Alabama, like walking around and stuff, that that was a lot of fun. And then um, and then when I yeah, I don't know, I guess it doesn't really coordinate with my day to day life, so I don't ever touch it. <laughs> hmm. yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, Matt, um, when that game first came out, it was like the week that Alex and I both went back down to Alabama for a week vacation. And, like, we went up with our buddy Dash, and we're, like, all super into Pokemon and stuff. So, like, it was, like, the best week ever because we explored all these, like, little towns and stuff. And, like, everybody was out. Like, everywhere we went, there was, like, 30, 40 people out just running around cities, like, catching Pokemon. Like, everybody's telling each other where to go find them and stuff. And that was, like, the coolest experience I've had in gaming in a long time. Yeah, it actually was, was really cool because I met a lot of really cool people, like, down at the pier and stuff. Same, like, man. Like, just nice yeah. people to talk to. And then when we, when we went out to visit Dash, like, I look, I grew up in Alabama, been there my whole life and I've never went to some of these places that we went that we went like so like yeah. it's kinda cool. Like that little park in Foley, yeah, I'd never been there. Yeah, dear, I it was funny. I mean it was such like a you know, if Pokemon were in real life, like it was such a Pokemon experience in terms of that too, because like, you know, we went to well Alex, you were you were with your family at the time but out Dash and I went back to that little park, right, in Foley. And, like, we started getting... Oh, no, that was you and me. That was you and me, Alex. Remember, it started raining? Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, it started raining, and, like, we were hiding underneath this, like, little pavilion in the middle of this big park, and, like, these other Pokemon trainers were in there, too, and, like, rain's coming in, like, torrential rain from the sides. Like, we're, we you know, hiding on the other side of the wall, like, trying to hide away from most of the rain. It was just, like... And we're sitting there trying to catch this Snorlax in the middle of the storm. It was, like, the coolest experience ever. It just felt yeah, so... Like, you know, if Pokemon were an actual thing in the world, like how it would be. So it was a really fun experience. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's cool. All right. And um, just a little fun fact. The last time that you all did a podcast, Pokemon Go had not released yet. So that's how long it's been. 
That's cool. That's cool. Yep. If you it was E3 or last year. Door slamming, by the way, because Natalie's coming in the door, but please ignore that. Nat, can you close that a little bit more? Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I haven't really been out too much either. I mean, I've been, like I said, I've kind of taken a break from Xbox, not like purposefully, but you know, just kind of other stuff been getting in the way, work and other life. As Nat closes the other door in the bedroom to go play Legend of Zelda, which we will talk about in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, um, when I had been playing, I picked up Skyrim. Um, you know, when it released, of course, Skyrim is for those who don't know, like one of my favorite games of all time. And uh, getting back into that world is just fantastic. I mean, I'm a huge like. I mean, basically the the setup on my TV is surrounded by Fallout and Skyrim stuff, so. Anyone who visits my apartment knows, like, I'm one of the biggest Bethesda fans out there. Um, and I've been playing Battlefield 1, of course, as well. Yeah, and, and Alex, I've squatted up with you in Battlefield. Matt, did you pick up Battlefield? I do have Battlefield 1. I traded in my Xbox Elite for the Xbox One S when I got my 4K nice. TV, and I got the Battlefield 1 bundle. So mm-hmm. I have not actually unlocked an achievement in it, which is hard to believe, but... So you uh, don't really play online at all either. Yeah, right? the, there is an achievement for get 5,000 points on online, and I'm at 4,870, so if I probably put five more minutes into it online, I'll get that achievement. So. Oh, hell yeah. That's going to be on my agenda pretty soon. We're going to squat up on some Battlefield down either later today. Yeah, maybe we should do that maybe get a Twitch stream going. I'm not going to Yeah, go. I'm, I'm totally down for doing some tonight. Right. Yeah, I can, we can get an ADHD Twitch stream going or something like that. Dude, that actually should be really cool because I've never even streamed anything on Twitch, but I've always like talked about doing it. Because yeah, it's it's like built in on the um on the uh or you can get the app on uh, Xbox One and then it's super easy to just stream it and you don't even notice it's running in the background. You do kind of have to have pretty decent internet on it. Um because you know you're uploading at a really fast rate and you're downloading as well. Mm, so me out. hold on. And I don't know if you all have connects. I do have a connect, so if we did want to do video and everyone could see my very handsome face that was watching, then we would have to do it on my Xbox, and then I could just channel in your all's chat into the Twitch through my headset. But then everyone could see my beautiful mug on their TV screen that wanted to watch. That well, go follow, cool. go follow ADHD Gaming on Twitch, everybody out there. And, uh, like I said, well, maybe... We'll have one up tonight. We'll put it in the archives. So if you guys want to watch what we do tonight, feel free to do that. Um, but anyway, that's pretty much all I've been doing in terms of gaming. So I'm thinking that we should go ahead and hop right into the news. What do you all say? Sounds good Absolutely. All right. So we're going to start off with, um, we've got, like I said, this week we're not doing a whole lot of, you know, historical events in gaming over the last long months. It's going to be kind of the newest stuff for this week, really. So um, we had a... Um, the first thing that we got going on is going to be Scorpio stuff. Uh, a lot of Xbox and Nintendo stuff today. So Xbox, uh, on the Xbox sides of things, we got the Xbox uh, boss, Bill Spencer. Everybody knows that. Hence a Scorpio event ahead of E3. So this is pretty cool. Um, so in an interview where uh, Ryan McCaffrey on Podcast Unlocked, he's one of the uh, chief editors for the Xbox team. Um, basically, he was kind of he was kind of grilling Bill, which you know Matt and I were talking about earlier, but. Um, Basically, at one point, he, he asked him, like, hey, so, like, what's the deal for for Scorpio at E3? Like, are you guys going to be talking about it, like, specifically there? Are we not going to hear anything about it 
up until that point or anything like that. And Phil kind of gave, you know, one of his discreet hints, which he's very good at giving, you know, not giving, not giving too much away, where he basically said, you know, hey, I want E3 to be about the game, the games for Scorpio, for, for regular Xbox One S, for, you know, all Xbox users. I don't want to talk about hardware too much. And um, basically strongly hinting at a event, um, you know, you know, before E3 that will show off the Scorpio hardware and talk about specs and all. So have you guys looked into Scorpio much or what, what do you think about What do you think about running E3 in that, in that method? How do you, how do you think about all this? I, I do kind of think it is a interesting thing where they have moved their press conference to an earlier date. So they're trying to get even more ahead of Sony because they don't want to have like the new shift from Xbox to Sony in the same day. Cause they used to go at like noon and then Sony, I think would go at 8 PM. So if they're going to be doing a Scorpio event before E3, then I'm thinking, why is it they're going to do one right before and then they're also moving up their E3 press conference? I would think they'd probably want to space them out a little more. But I, I don't I'm so like up in the air with this whole Scorpio thing because like I, I'm not really sure if I'm ready for a new console. But then again, I might be. So it's just like one of those things where I don't really know what to think about it, but I'm definitely intrigued with it, and I do want to know more. So I would like to see that pre-E3 conference, but I'm kind of curious what they're going to do after that E3, after that pre-E3 conference, since there's not going to be much time that elapses between the two. Yeah. Yep. So uh, kind of. What do you think they would do it? I'm sorry. Sorry, Alex. I was just gonna ask. What do you think they would do? Asking me, or are you asking? No, nah, Matt. Really. Oh, um, I mean. I feel like they probably would want to do it around the time in April because in the past few years, April has been when Xbox has been releasing an exclusive game for their console. They had Sunset Overdrive, Quantum Break. I think there was a third one that was thrown in there at one point, but they don't have a April exclusive lined up for this year. So I'm guessing to make up for that like vacancy that they normally would be kind of taking over the news stories with the reviews come out on their game, they may insert that pre-E3 event in there just to kind of film, fill that time slot that they used to have on all the gaming websites for the news stories. Mm. That would be my best guess if I had I got you. Alex, what do you think about all this? Um, I'm, I don't know either because, you know, I kind of agree with what Matt was saying about the, um, about I don't know if I'm ready for a new console yet because, um, I mean, I still have the first Xbox One. And, you know, they just came out with the Xbox One S how long ago? Like, I'm, like not this even September. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't long at all. And um, and now they're they're wanting to release another console this fall. And um, Well, it, we're all aware that this is supposed to be an Xbox One iteration, though, right? Or some, I, I don't know. Like, we really don't know much, but it's apparently going to be, Matt, aren't you under the impression that it's a, Xbox One family console, like it's part of the family yeah. of the Xbox One systems. Yeah, there's so many conflicting reports that I've been seeing where they, I know they're saying all games made for the Project Scorpio are also going to work for the Xbox One. Yeah. But at the same time, if they're selling this as a premium console, they kind of have to push something out there like this is exclusive to the Project Scorpio. So. Well, well, what if I was under the impression is, is that, like, all right, let's say you buy Halo 6 or whatever the hell is next, yes. you know? Um, 
if you buy it on Scorpio, for Scorpio, you're going to be able to play that, let's hypothetically say, 4K, 60 FPS, right? Crazy, crazy stuff. Versus if you buy that on Xbox One S, it, it renders in 4K. It's not natively playing 4K. It'll fill all the pixels, of course. It's rendering in 4K, and you're getting 30 FPS. Like, is that not a significant upgrade in your in your mind? Or, like, what, what is that what you're expecting? or what? Oh, it's a huge upgrade, depending on the price. Yes, agreed. And we also don't know if this is going to be a modular design that allows for upgradable parts, which has been strongly hinted at, or anything like that. So, kind of waiting on that info as well. Yeah, yeah. Which would actually be kind of, kind of cool, but... At that point, though, like, I, I get worried. Like, I'd almost just want to buy a gaming PC at that point, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. And, know. and it's also going to come down a lot to the developers, because... You know the first-party games like Halo 6, Microsoft's going to do everything they can to make that look so much better on a Project Scorpio compared to the 1S or the original Xbox One, but when it comes to like the Activisions and Electronic Arts, how much more are they going to want to invest into a game, especially with the Project Scorpio just now launching? It's not going to have a huge user base, so are they going to necessarily put a lot of time and effort into making it work a lot better on the Scorpio? Because they know their main target audience is going to be the people with the 1Ss and original Xbox Ones that have, that's who has, what consoles are out there mostly. So if they put all this time into something that maybe 500,000 of them sell in the first two months, like that's still a huge difference than the 30 million Xboxes that are already out there and the 50 million PlayStation 4s. So yeah. you really just need to see. How the developers take in, if they really embrace it, then I can see the Scorpio just taking off and it will start selling like hotcakes or like Nintendo Switches, I guess, since those are selling really great right now. But I really want to see what the third party support's going to look like on this and hopefully they can have at this pre E3 conference like EA and Activision on stage saying, I really like what the Scorpio has to offer and we're going to put. Uh, this game, this game, and this game on it, and we hope that you buy the Scorpio and support us along this journey. Yeah, I really want them to sell me on it. Alright, cool. Good stuff, for sure. Um, let's move on to the next one. We've got Alex. You got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, this is actually pretty cool. I haven't really um, known much about this but until now, but um, so, I mean, this... Uh, uh, Xbox Game Pass, which is basically gives you unlimited access to you know more than a hundred games for ten bucks a month. I mean that's that's a huge deal. I mean you know versus like you know spending sixty dollars on a game here, sixty dollars on a game here. I mean yeah, some of these older games you're not gonna spend that much, but still great great deal. You know so you can and um and I mean like so I have a bunch of buddies that I work with that uh, only play sports games. And I don't play sports games. Like that's just not not me. Like 2K16 and you know Madden and stuff like that. But it'd be kind of cool if I, cause cause I don't want to go out and spend that money on like a sports game, but I want to play with my buddies that I work with. So that'd be kind of cool if I had this pass and you know I could just you know pop on whenever I want wanted to to play a sports game here and there instead of having to like you know go out and spend the money for the game. Um, so that's kind of cool. I mean, there's um. And there's some big titles too, you know. I mean, they have Halo Five, um, Payday Two, and you know, Two K Sixteen and Soul Calibur. Um, so I mean, that's uh that's some pretty big titles for 
for this pass, so I'd say it's definitely worth it. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of it. As someone that is a subscriber to Netflix, I really like... Uh, oh, sorry. I, I, I see someone making faces over here. Uh, <laughs> as a big... I'm someone that is always... No, I'm <laughs> I, I'm always using my Netflix account and I'm just always looking for the next thing that I can watch when I finish a show. So with this Xbox Game Pass, it's basically going to work the same exact way where if I finish a game, the ne- my next thought is, all right, now that I don't have anything left on this, I've 100%ed it, what can I move on to next? And I'm going to now have this huge library in front of me that is only a $10 a month subscription fee and I'm able to just go on there and just pick and choose. I can basically treat it like a trial where I can play it for 30 minutes, make my decision if I want to really dive into it and 100% this next game, or if I don't want it, then, hey, I have 100 more games to choose from. So it's an yeah. awesome service, and I really hope that this is something that like we start seeing more of in the future. Game Your Score is going to really skyrocket now. Yes, it will. I'm going to have a lot more games. So, yeah, I wasn't even... So I'll be honest with you. Personally, this isn't something that I see myself subscribing to. Um, it's at least not initially. I really need to wait and see kind of what the library of games they build out for this is going to be. Like right now, you know, you got Halo Five, like it, it, which is great. Like I think that like right now, this is a great system for those people who are going to be, you know, over the next year or two, they buy their console and like, like, hey, what have I missed out the last three years? I think this is a fantastic option for someone like that who's like, hey, I, you know. I haven't really seen what's been coming out for the last year, three years. I've been out of the console game for a while. I don't want to go out and buy, you know, every single game just to try it and see if I like it or not. So I'm going to pay hundred dollar or you know nine nine ninety nine a month, um, ten bucks a month basically, and go in and you know just have this hundreds of games I can just kind of go through and test them out and see if I like them or not. Um, and I think that is cool. And you know, a lot of people have been comparing this to. Uh, the PlayStation Now service, which I'm not sure if you guys are really aware of, but Play- so PlayStation Now service is very similar to this for years, where it's you know they have a big library of games, right? You pay you know what is it, fifteen dollars a month or something like that, I think, and um, basically it streams whatever game you pick to your system, and you can play it on TVs, on like you know some phones or something like that. Like it's basically all the processing of the game itself is done on a cloud-based server. Um, and it just streams it directly to your system. I do like how this one is, you know, everything is, you download to your drive, it's on your system, and it's playing on your hardware. That way, you know, you get a less, you know, glitchy, you know, laggy experience, and um, basically those games are kind of yours in terms of, like, you have them on your system to take anywhere to friends and stuff like that. So I think that they definitely made a good step in that um, in improving that over what PlayStation has to offer. Um for those who don't know, this is coming out May 2nd. Um, it is a $10 a month, like I already said. Um, price price range, I don't know if there's going to be some sort of bundle where you get like, you know, a year for 100 bucks or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they try something like that. Kind of like, you know, how Xbox Live, you buy three months for 25 bucks, right? Or you buy, you know, a year for, six, for 60 and it's a much better deal if you buy a year. So I, I'd be interested to see if they do something like that. You know, if they come out and they're like, hey, if you buy a year, this is 80 bucks or something. I'd be like, holy crap, yeah, I'll do that. Easy. Save myself 40 bucks. But we'll just have to see. Anyone else got any other notes on this? Yeah, I did that thing that you just mentioned about the different tiers of how much it will cost for like one month, three months, and a year. Mm-hmm. I did tweet at 
Xbox quick, Mike Yabara, who is the VP of Xbox, and Phil Spencer. And I asked if there was any update on whether they would have that pricing structure. And just wanted to inform everyone I am still waiting for a response from them. So <laughs> not sure if I'm on their daily agenda for what's yeah, sure on the Trademark Man 23's tweets. You're on the list. Maybe uh, one sure day I'll get there. Yeah, maybe I can get that check on my name and get verified, and then maybe they'll start responding to my question. It, it's <laughs> the weekend, Matt. I'm sure, I'm sure once they come back from the weekend, it's the first thing on their top priority. Yeah, and were, I did have one other thing about that game. Cast. <laughs> oh, so, uh, when Ryan McCaffrey interviewed Phil Spencer, he did mention one interesting thing that I thought about that game pass. And he said right now they're advertising all these older games that are going to be on the system. But he said he mentioned the Telltale Games, which was something I was talking about earlier. Mm. The episodic content that they have with like Hitman and like Walking Dead Season 1, and they release like five episodes of each one. He's saying that he sees the future of this going to where those episodic content games will be featured in this Xbox Game Pass. So instead of only playing older games, if you hold this monthly pass, it will be where each month you're getting episode one, and then the next month you get episode two, and these would be on newly released games. So that you're adding value to it where they may be exclusive just to Xbox Game Pass holders, kind of like Netflix has House of Cards is exclusive to Netflix Pass holders. So I I think if they do end up having a model like that, then I could see this becoming really successful, and I really like that thought of it as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think I... I was like in the shower when I was listening to that podcast. I must have either missed that part or paused after um, or before they got to that. That is really interesting. So if they do stuff like that or tie that into not only episodic content but like DLC, like hey, this year we have the Xbox um, Games Pass, you know, deal set up with Battlefield where all DLC you get it if you have like Games Pass or you get it for like half off of Games Pass or something like that. That would be enticing, you know. I think, like I said, it's just going to kind of depend on who they cater to with these games. Um, you know, if it's games that I like and, you know, stuff like that, um, then sure, I'll, I'll pay for it. But if it's just going to be, you know, old sports games or something, that's not going to be something for me. Um, it's, it's totally going to depend on what they do with it. Like, I, I think they, they really need to take some notes from EA um, Access, which is, um, first of all, their pricing structure is really good. You know, it's like, 30 bucks for a year. Um, granted, they only have their EA games instead of, you know, getting first-party Microsoft titles and other developers as well. Um, but they need to also, you know, they Battlefield 4 is now part of the EA access, right? Like, I don't know, like all the DLC and stuff, like I think you can get it through EA access now. And then they give you discounts with EA access. So any EA game you actually go out and buy, it's like a brand new EA game, you get like 10% off of everything now. Yes. If, you, if you're part of that, which is pretty dope. So, And with the Xbox Game Pass, one other detail about it is any game that is in that Game Pass library, if you ever want to end your subscription, you won't have access to those games unless you buy them uh, mm. in the Xbox store. But while that Game Pass is active, if you know you're going to end your subscription at some point, you're actually mm. able to buy any of those games at a 20% discount that are featured in that library. So oh, you cool. could just have a one-month subscription... And if you wanted to buy five different games at 20% off, then you'd pay $10 for that subscription, but you may end up saving like 60 bucks on that 20% discount that you got from those five games that you bought. So it point. is a way if you're trying to penny pinch with games, like they 
you can have lots of savings just that way as well. That's a really good point. That's cool. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of cool things with it, and I'm sure there'll be even more details coming out in the future. For sure. All right, so stay tuned. May 2nd, sure we'll hear even more. Um, so I'll pick up this next one. Um, Xbox um, Xbox's Phil Spencer shares his thoughts on the, the Nintendo Switch. Um, this is kind of a, another thing in the... Uh, we're picking a lot of part on this interview with Ryan McCaffrey and him from the... Uh, IGN podcast unlocked, but uh, basically inside that, um, you know, Ryan asked him like, "Hey, you know, we got the Nintendo Switch releasing this week. Um, it's looks like it's gonna, you know, be a pretty big hit. What's what's your take on that? How's Xbox gonna listen to this and you know change their model if they will?" And uh, he responds once again. It's kind of a vague answer, but you know, like, "Oh, we need to see. We'll, we'll be watching and how it does. You know, you know, pretty much not closing the gates on the possibility that." You know, a portable Xbox could come. Um, I don't see the way you were kind of acts and responds to Ryan. It doesn't seem like that's in their in their sights as of right now. Like it doesn't sound like anything has been actively looked at. Like you know, he doesn't say, "Yeah, we have a team that's looking into other options or anything like that." So I don't think it's something you're actively looking at. But based on an article I just saw before we started the podcast here um, with the GameStop uh, either CEO or one of their one of their executives um, saying that this is the best uh, console release in years. I think that could really open the doors up to, you know, either the portable PlayStation brand being opened back up uh, after the failure of the Vita or um, Xbox even trying it, trying to get into that market for the first time. So I'm pretty excited for, for that. I, that's the great thing about this Nintendo switch, which we're about to touch on in a couple more articles here. And we're going to have a pretty big discussion about it for pretty much the rest of the, Listen to the show. Um, that's what I like about it. Nintendo's kind of back strong where they're shaking up the market with this new this new kind of system that no one's ever seen before. And it's uh, you know it's a completely new hardware and it's doing crazy things for the industry. And that's why I like to see competition. I'm a capitalist at heart, so I don't know. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's definitely going to be... You know, because Nintendo has had a hard time to... Uh, competing with the other consoles, you know, as far as like, um, you know, yeah, Xbox yeah, for, and PlayStation. So I think like this is yeah. the first, the first time that they've come out with something that might actually, you know, make a running in the competition. I think that's great. So um, it's funny too because it's not like power wise, it's nowhere near the Xbox One and PlayStation still. But in terms of like capabilities and stuff, it's still there. It's a very efficient console. It's doing different things in the market. It reminds me a lot, like this whole generation right now is right where we are this month, really. It's reminding me exactly where we were when the Wii and the PlayStation and the Xbox were all coming out, right? Like you've got the Xbox and PlayStation kind of like flexing their muscles, like, you know, punching each other, while you've got the Wii just kind of sitting there, like enjoying the fan service of, you know, it being a new kind of console. Yeah, so, and then they would uh, always really come out cool. with like, third-party, like, Call of Duty games and stuff like that for, like, yeah, for yeah. the Wii, and, and it was to try to, like, yeah. you know, keep up with the competition, and it was... That, that was those, <laughs> those were terrible. I mean, they, they yeah. weren't even, like, remotely correct or good. Yeah, I know? think they had, like, Call of Duty 3, and then there was, like, Call of Duty Red Army was made for the Wii, and it was, yeah. like, a completely yeah. different game that yeah. had, like, I half like campaign. The World, World at War was different. Yeah. yeah, World at War for, for um... For the Wii, didn't even have a zombies like mode on it. Like you couldn't even, yeah. you couldn't even do that. And that's like what started zombies was World at War. And yeah. so I thought that was pretty ridiculous. But 
Um, so yeah, you know, hopefully, I mean, if Nintendo should definitely stick to like Nintendo games and not try to like, you know, like make Call of Duty for, for Nintendo, you know, just my opinion, you know, I mean, I know like, you know, those are, those are huge titles that, you know, the, the Switch would love to have, but you know, pe- people don't buy Nintendo products to play Call of Duty on, you know, so they shouldn't, they shouldn't yeah, try yeah. to, to cater them, cater to that market, in my opinion. I don't know. Okay, cool. So you kind of want it to be like a first-party Nintendo system exclusively. Yeah, like, like, like what we were talking about earlier, like bringing Pokemon to the Switch, that would be awesome because Pokemon is a Nintendo title. And um, like the end, so, you know, you, you turn Pokemon into like this console game and that would be actually pretty awesome because um, because it's a Nintendo title. And, um, you know, same with Mario Kart. Like people buy Nintendo products for Nintendo games. No one buys a Nintendo product for to play, you know, a Treyarch or Activision game, you know, so stick to what you get at. Yeah, I definitely think Nintendo does need to release that Pokemon game on the Switch, because I did read an article the other day on IGN about Pokemon Go has been downloaded 750 million times now. Jesus, so that's insane. If, uh, if there's 750 million people that have at least run across the name Pokemon, and then Nintendo Switch can then say, hey, we've got this great game on our console that is only on Nintendo, then that's a huge user base that they'd be able to go after and be like, you have to get our console. So if you like this game you played on your phone, this is the extension to that, and it's an even better game than that phone game that you put so many hours into. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Well, Matt, let's move on to that number six piece of news. All right. So, with Battlefield, even though I'm not a very experienced Battlefield fan, there is new DLC coming out on the 14th. If you have the Battlefield Premiere, which is like their season pass, or their premium, and then the 28th you can buy it individually if you do not have that season pass. But something that is interesting is not only did they release the trailer for the first DLC that is coming out on the 14th, which is going to focus on the French army, and it's called They Shall Not Pass. They also gave descriptions of every single other piece of DLC that they'll be releasing for their season pass. They announced all of them on the same day. They'll be coming out at a later date, obviously. But it is nice to see that there's lots of detail going into each one of these season pass items, and it looks like the Battlefield 1 community will be very healthy and going into the future for a long time, just as the Battlefield 4 online multiplayer is still going strong today. So looks like the, if you're someone that likes playing these online games for Battlefield, doesn't look like you're going to have to worry about long wait times to find a match. They're always going to be there because there's lots of content and EA is obviously supporting them. Yeah, this, is, this has been a trend with, I mean, historically speaking, Battlefield is, Alex, you can probably touch in on this, like this is... One of the best supported games I can think of in recent memory. I mean, oh, absolutely. Battlefield Three came, or Battlefield Four, my bad, came out in uh, shit. I think it was a, a launch console or a launch uh, title. So it came out in November of 2013, right? Up until about a month before Battlefield One released. So we're talking, you know, October of 2016 here. So that's three years. There was an update coming out for it, like that month before that game released. 
like the, it was like the final update or whatever. It's just consistently like the user base is strong because you know the maps don't get stale. It's always something new. That, you know, it's a battlefield moment. That's like the trademark term at this point. It's a battlefield moment. Every time you join a game and you know something crazy is happening, something's blowing up. You're jumping onto a different rooftop. You're sniping someone. There's some crazy drop shot, you know, across the map. Like it's always something new. So people are always drawn back to these massive games. I mean, you got 64 players. Every, you know, everyone's doing their own thing. Um, these beautiful historic places. I mean, they're one of the most beautiful games. They're some of the most beautiful games as well. Um, so yeah, the, I mean, there will always be a good, you know, user base on those. And like I said earlier, with the Battlefield 4 coming out on EA Access and whatnot. Um, like they're always EA is just doing a lot of stuff to keep that, you know, you know, keep that you know lifeblood within that franchise. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a huge Battlefield guy as we we talked about multiple times on the show before. Alex, you are as well. He's one of them. You know, Alex is one of the guys. Like whenever I, whoever, whenever I log on, I usually don't play Battlefield alone. So I always you know text Alex or text Dash or Franklin or whatever and. Say, hey, let's hop on Battlefield and get a squad going and kick some ass, and it's it's always a great time. So I'm super excited for this DLC. I'll be buying a the um, the the DLC pass soon. I'm sure I think it's fifty bucks. Is that right, Matt? Yeah. So if you get access, you save ten percent. So it's forty five if you have that. Yeah, I don't have EA access, but um, you know, I've considered getting it. So who knows? But um, but yeah, to answer your question, Alex, I don't have it right now because uh, we haven't really heard much on it. I think the first piece of news was the They Shall Not Pass DLC thing, and that was back in December, is when they first yeah. kind of hinted at that. And now it's, I mean, it's coming out in you know a week and a half here, so I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, and I, I'm really excited for this DLC too because I haven't been playing a whole lot of Battlefield, and so I know like. With this DLC release, it's gonna get me back into it and get me more, more. Yeah, I mean, there's some like snow maps in there. There's yeah, a lot of cool, stuff, so. a lot of cool stuff in there that looks fun. Um, so yeah, because yeah. I, I remember when it first came out. I mean, I binge played this game like it, all oh, the, yeah. for like the first three months, and um, and now you know now it's uh you know just starting to like fall off the grid for me because you know everything's kind of becoming. Well, I mean, mainly because like you know we haven't been like squatting up and playing together a whole lot, but um, but uh, yeah, I I know that with this with this there, DLC, there weren't a whole lot of maps. Yeah, yeah, and they, they only released that one with the blimp in the middle, of the zeppelin that fell in the middle of the map. I forgot what it's yeah. called, but that's not even like a great map. I didn't really, I don't like that one at all actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really excited to to sit down and play awesome. this. Yeah, I'm excited for it to bring it back. Yeah, this is exactly what I'm saying, though. It's like, EA, they seem to know the time frames when people start getting a little, you know, tired of their game. Very true. Yeah. Stale, and then they, they, bam, you know, they're there with the uh, with the DLC and the, the updates and stuff that get people excited again. So it's yeah. definitely going to keep some, some more excitement. And I think, I don't know, we haven't seen sales numbers yet. I think this is the first year that Battlefield might have kicked some ass on Call of Duty sales. I'm serious. I, I think I'm pretty that, sure it, yeah, it did. I haven't, I haven't seen sales on that yet. It's about, I mean, yeah. out of the people I know, I don't know anyone who was like, oh, I'm, I'm good at Call of Duty this year. It's going to be awesome. I know uh, Call of like, Duty this year it was the highest selling game, but Activision released a statement saying that they were disappointed in the sales of Call of Duty because well, they were hoping... Okay. They knew it would probably be the highest selling game, but they were hoping that it would have a bigger margin. And I think that's a testament to Battlefield One sales. I think people saw Battlefield One's getting better reviews than Call of Duty, so 
it didn't take all the sales away, but it definitely put a hit in Activision's sales numbers on Call of Duty. So now you're kind of, I don't know if you saw the recent news of Call of Duty, but the CEO of Activision came out and said, we're going to take Call of Duty back to its roots, which was World War II. So you can see that they're kind of like looking at what Battlefield had with their success, where they took Battlefield back to its roots and they yeah. they went to the older wars and so now Call of Duty's doing the same exact thing because they want to not get lost in the oh everything's futuristic we're just becoming a new Halo and I think Battlefield's just been a great example and showing people how they need to do it for the games in the future. It goes right back to it, man. It's the, the competition. I like the competition. It's you know because Call of Duty has the potential to create franchise again. Um, it really does. I mean, they've got, you know, powerful development team. they got Activision backing them, you know, one of the biggest, probably the biggest um, publisher out there. Um, so, I mean, they've got the potential to make another great game. You know, it's, it, I think this year will be very interesting for video games. Um, I, I think that next, in terms of, like, what's going to happen with gaming, because um, I think next year, I think things are going to start, a level of quality is going to start coming back that we haven't seen in a few years, probably since 2010 or 2011 or so. Um, where, you know, another example would be uh, Ubisoft, right? They came out this year, or this past year, saying, hey, there is no Assassin's Creed coming out this year, right? And they came out the NCO collection to kind of tie people over, which is just, you know, a small HD remake. Probably only took a small team to develop that game um, and bring those games over in the new HD genre, uh, generation. Um, but, they took they, they, they took a step back said, hey, we need to figure out what's making our brand so stale. And, you know, it's the same as the Call of Duty effect. They're doing a game every single year. Not The last one wasn't, you know, or the newest one wasn't much different from the last one. And it just got stale. People get pissed off at that. You don't want to keep dropping 68 you know, $100 for their stupid-ass gold edition every year uh, for the same game, right? So I think yeah. they, they made a good they made a good decision saying, hey, let's, let's take a year off here and really – define what Assassin's Creed means to us, right? Because Assassin's Creed is a cool franchise, man. It really is. Like, there's not a whole lot of other games out there that are just like Assassin's Creed. And you remember, Alex, we used to play Assassin's Creed 2 back in the day. That was, like, the coolest game ever. Like, all the feathers. Yeah, I mean, I I bought 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 them feathers. Was it uh, Unity is the one that I just recently bought? And that was, uh, I mean, uh, that one was pretty cool. French Revolution. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Unity was, so, like, look, the thing is, it's the funny thing about these games, right? Every Assassin's Creed game is all right, right? Just like every Call of Duty game is all right, right? Like they get, they all get good reviews. You're not gonna see a review that's a seven below seven point five really for either of those games. The problem is, it's the same seven point five every goddamn yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, like it's annoying. Like, like for instance, when, before Unity, what was the last Call of Duty, or what was the last Assassin's Creed game you played, Alex? Before Unity? Um. I mean, it's probably Brotherhood, honestly. I, I, Brotherhood, right? So yeah. you, that's what, like three games in between? Three yeah, or four games in between? Skipping Revelation and Assassin's Creed 3 and Rogue. And 4. Yeah. And 4. That's like four, yeah, that's Black like four, Fire, yeah. that's that's four, like four or five games, man. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, I, like if, I hadn't, if I haven't played a Call of Duty in, you know, five years or so, I could probably pick up the newest Call of Duty and be like, oh, yeah, I remember this fast-paced gameplay or whatever. And, like, that's fine. But it's for, you know, it's like, how are you going to keep a... A group of people, you know, your fan base coming back to that franchise every single year. You really can't unless you drastically change things up. And that's why I really appreciate like EA and, you know, Dice with Battlefield. They say, hey, you know, we're coming out with one game every two to three years. Battlefield Hardline not included. Sorry, yeah, fuck that game. 
Um, yeah, that game. Was <laughs> yeah, that was a different. That was a different development team, in all anyway. So it doesn't really count in my mind. But you know, the main series games, um, like the, they have, you have to take a break, man. Like it, it just gets too stale. People don't want to spend sixty to one hundred dollars every year on one game, one franchise. It gets annoying. And it, yeah, you know, it does get stale. So yeah, this, that'll be interesting to see. But it, this all goes back to anyway. We're getting off track. This all goes back to Battlefield DLC, and I'm I'm glad to see that they're already you know they're already coming out with it now and they're talking about it at least so people can get excited for the franchise again. Absolutely. Yeah, and I I do like the fact they announced all four expansion packs at the same time because it kind of gets the fans of the game involved in it, so they can see the three that are coming out in the future, and that gives all the fans opportunity to give EA feedback like, Hey, I, I saw expansion number three. You have these details in there and they can give their thoughts and say like, I think it'd be cool if you added this or maybe if you focus more on this aspect of the game, as opposed to being the French army, maybe you can talk about the German army in one of these expansions. So it, it really opens it up to make so it's a game that the developers are making the game, but it's alongside the fans and the fans can feel like they're a part of the game not just when they're playing it, but they can feel like they're giving the feedback to the developers that makes the game become what it is in the end. All right, cool. Matt, we'll move on. All right, so moving on from Battlefield DLC, going back to the Nintendo Switch discussion, just wanted to see that... This is going to be kind of a kickoff. I'm going to you know, preface this. This is going to be kind of a kickoff for the rest of the show. We're probably going to have a good 20-minute conversation here about switch interactions and switch news here so let's just hit it man all right so first off we want to start off with zelda which is going to be the big launch title that everyone's going to be wanting to get natalie's actually over here playing it right now yeah on the switch she's she's not laying on the floor playing it because she doesn't want to bother our podcast with the big tv yep and she's playing it portable doesn't have it into the docking station able to take it with her on the go but the cool thing about zelda is not only do people want a new Zelda game, but this game is not just any Zelda game. This is the second highest rated game ever on Metacritic behind Zelda Ocarina of Time. So it's competing with itself for trying to be the best game ever with that franchise. But it has a 98% on Metacritic with over 70 reviews. And, 60, 60, oh, 60, 67, I think. is what, yeah. 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 So... It's getting almost all 10 out of 10s, 5 out of 5s, 100s out of 100s on every single site. And the ones that aren't perfect, they're 97s out of 100 or 96s out of 100. The like, lowest review score is a 9 out of 10, which is still an amazing score for any game. <laughs> yeah, like, insane. there hasn't been a game reviewed like this in a long time. Like, Grand Theft Auto 4, that's up there. It's got a 98, but that came out uh, a long time ago. Grand Theft Auto V is around the 95, 96 range, which that even came out around three years ago. But like this is the, obviously going to be a game that goes down in history as one of the best games ever when you look at these review scores that are going on. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And like I'll, I'm going to step in here and just say from experience, uh, I'm the only one out of this group right now that has gone out and gotten the Switch and picked up Zelda and stuff. It deserves that second highest if not the highest spot um on that list i mean i played ocarina of time which is that definitely is a very deserving game probably the highest game of all time i mean that that game has done so much stuff for 
the you know gaming media and whatnot as a whole and you know it that it really does deserve that spot i think this is the next ocarina of time not only it, it kind of literally and figuratively is the next ocarina of time um there's so many things in this game that are like re- just just remind you of ocarina of time i'm not gonna give any spoilers or anything like that but there's there's some you know things you'll see that will bring you back to ocarina of time but also just in terms of the technical prowess of this game it's seriously, it is unbelievable how large and how filled, full of life this game is. It reminds me of, I mean, I, I just mentioned earlier, right? My favorite game of all time is um, is probably Skyrim, right? I absolutely love Skyrim. And Skyrim is barren compared to this game in my mind, right? It's not as, it's not as pretty, even though it runs on a full Xbox One or even the special edition. It's not as pretty in my mind artistically. Um, there's just more things that I, I think I can do in this. Like, uh, I'll give an example real quick. All right, story time, right? So I'm playing, I'm in the first area of Zelda, right? This isn't really a spoiler or anything. I'm in the first area of Zelda earlier, or yesterday. And I'm tasked to go up this one snowy mountain area, right? So I, I start walking into this snowy, snowy area, and all of a sudden, my, my link starts shaking, right? I'm like, what the, what the fuck is this, right? So I look down. And I see this little temperature meter I didn't notice earlier in the game, and it's, it's down in the, you know, the icy range now, and he's shaking. He starts losing health. So I take, you know, I run back 30 yards or whatever, back to where the sun's shining and stuff, and I'm like, all right, what the hell? I'm fine now. How am I going to get to the top of this mountain, right? I end up having to, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm looking around, and I look over, and I hear this, uh, the goblin, um, like Screech, which is one of the enemies, you know, on the side. I look over, and I go over there, and I'm like, oh, I'll go fight these guys real quick. I fight them, kill them, and I'm sitting there, and there's a torch laying on the ground, you know, unlit, just a wooden stick. And I'm like, oh, man, I can put fire on this, and then maybe that would keep me warm enough, you know? And you know, if I, was, I had to kind of think, if I was there in person right now, how would I keep warm getting to the top of that mountain? So I grabbed that torch. Uh, the cobblers were cooking some steak or whatever over over an open fire, right? I go up to the fire, I swack it in the in the fire, and then I run into the back to the snow, right? So I'm like, oh cool, all right, I'm staying warm now, I'm staying warm now. Here comes the next fuck you, right? I come to a goddamn icy river, and uh, where the bridge is out, right? So I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, like I, I can't jump in the river, I'm gonna die. I can't, and then I'll also lose my fire. I'm pretty much screwed here. I drop the torch on the ground, right? So the torch is still sitting there, and then I use this power-up, basically, where I can lift this bridge, like this little metal this little metal plate, and like put it over this river. Um, and I've, I've moved a couple of those over across this river uh, to basically make a little makeshift bridge. I pick up the torch, and then I run across the bridge and make it up the hill. Um, then I get to the top of the hill, um, or the mountain, and uh, there's more Bacallans fighting, right? So I have to pull out a sword. Well, when you pull out a sword, you put your torch away. So I'm like, oh, crap, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm frozen out here or whatever, right? They, the, once again, the Bacallans were making a steak or something up top, right? So I basically just snuggle up next to their food with my sword, and as they're coming at me, like, I'm hiding, you know, my back's facing their, their campfire and stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of sitting there, like, swacking them off with the, uh, with the sword or whatever, and I'm staying warm turn around, put up, pull out my torch again, light it, and then I make it to the top of the mountain. And it's like, all that, there was no, there was no tutorial on any of that shit. I had to figure that out, like, on the spot, which is, I mean, you know, the Zelda games are always known for their puzzles and, 
you know, kind of making the making the player kind of feel like they have to figure stuff out. But I've never had a game that made me have to, have to actually think like that. I thought someone was broken, you know, when I got there. I'm used to, you know, modern-day games where, you know, this stuff is given to you in a very go-here-do-this, you might need this to, you know, get through that mission sort of way. But no, nothing was like that. And the, the entire rest of the game, I played eight hours since that point. The entire rest of that game is just like that. If you see something, you're like, hey, you know, if I was in, if I was actually Link right now in that world, I could probably do this. You can do it. It's that cool. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that almost just sold me on it right there. So, I don't know. Maybe I mean, going on and getting one here. Dude, well, good luck, man. They're, they're sold out pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm about to go out after we're done with this. This is podcast. I kind of hunt. I try to hunt one down with Nat over there. She wants. Uh, so I thought I'd be able to get away with having one system, but this girl's been hogging up my switch for me for the last couple of days here. I haven't got to play my three hundred dollar goddamn Zelda machine. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be going out and trying to find another one. It'd be cool because then I'll have you know my docking station in my living room and docking station in the bedroom. So. You know, I can play, if one of us wants to play while laying in bed, um, one of us can play on, you know, the TV if they want, while the other plays on portable mode. There's just so many things, so many ways to switch it up with this new Switch. Oh, so. no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool though, man. But yeah, I, to go back to what we're talking about here, Zelda is absolutely deserving of this score, and uh even more so than I ever would have, ever would have imagined. I'm not a huge Zelda guy. I played three or four of the games in the franchise, but it is unbelievable. It, I, I, this might overtake Skyrim and Fallout. This is my favorite, you know, game slash franchise after this game. So we 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 shall see. Yeah, and like one thing I kept hearing all the time about the Switch when it was launching is just people were like, there aren't any games coming out for it, like. Why should I get the Switch? Because it's not launching with any games. Like I have to wait till April when Mario Kart comes out. But I think just based on this one game alone with Zelda and how it's being reviewed as it's pretty much the best game of all time. If you were to throw out Ocarina of Time because it doesn't meet the threshold for enough reviews since it's only got about 20 reviews on Metacritic, like you can say this is the best game of all time. So the fact yep. that a console can launch and have that one game that might go down in history as the best game ever. Like, I think that alone is a reason to buy the console. Like you don't even need another game. You can put probably 50, you might even be able to put a hundred hours into Zelda. And there's not very many games out right now that people can say, I really want to put a hundred hours into this, but I'd say a majority of people that play Zelda are going to just want to keep playing it, keep playing it. And they may even get to April when Mario Kart comes out and be like, I'm not even done with Zelda yet. Like I'm gonna wait to get Mario Kart now. Like I, yeah. I just what I'm reading about Zelda just seems like that's really the attitude that people have with this game. Like it's that good. That's what Natalie was saying though. She's like, gosh, I think I'm gonna have this game for a year before I beat it. Now, yeah, I don't know if that's true, depending on especially the way she's fucking playing it right now. <laughs> like, next next month. Um, but no, I really do think that come Mario Kart release time, I'm still going to be pretty deep into Zelda and, you know, I, I'm sure I'll pick up Mario Kart on release just to have like a, you know, not, not so much of a thinking game, just kind of goof around with, you know, Mario Kart's one of the best games in my mind just to play and for fun. But, um, yeah, it's definitely one of those games that is an absolute, you know, they use the term system seller a lot. Um, I think they use that term too loosely, you know, like Halo is a system seller in terms of the franchise, right? Um, 
but you know, a lot of people don't like Halo. Um, this is the first game I've ever played where I'm like, holy crap, I'm happy I spent $300 on a console for this one game. I have no, like, qualms at all about, like, purchasing the Nintendo Switch right now. It's unbelievable from this one game. As long as they don't screw me with, you know, trip, you know, uh, you know, third-party releases and whatnot later on, this could very well be my favorite console of all time. Yeah. Um, and go back to that. I mean, I just mentioned earlier, once again, Skyrim is like one of my favorite games, right? Um, of all time. Skyrim is coming out this fall for the Nintendo Switch. Like, <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, if, if, that that, I mean, if they do more stuff like that, like, holy crap, this will be one of the best purchases of, like, my life, honestly. I mean, we've got, think about it. Skyrim coming out. You got we already talked about Mario Kart Eight. You have Mario uh, Super Mario Odyssey, which is like the new you know 3D Super Mario game coming out. Um, you've got Xenoblade Chronicles Two, which is a very Zelda Breath of the Wild esque game. The first Xenoblade was on the original Wii. It's one of the best, one of the once again the highest rated games of that generation. Um, you just you just have a crazy amount of games coming out just this year even um, that are big first party titles. So as long as they keep doing that and you know more third party software comes in to support it, this will be an absolutely amazing console. And, and, uh, and spoiler yeah. alert: there will be a Super Smash Brothers game coming out on this. There's no <laughs> That's doubt. That's gonna be, that. dude. I would buy it. God, can game. you imagine the new Super Smash Bros? Like, and, and you know they used to they, with the 3DS. That was the first time that. They had a, the same Super Smash Bros. game released on the Wii U and the 3DS, right? This time, it's like, you can just develop the most badass Super Smash Bros. game you want and not have to worry about porting it to a portable system because your console is a portable system. Like, that's yeah. amazing to me. It's, it's unbelievable. This thing's more powerful than a Wii U, you know? It's, it's so cool. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, and apparently, everyone else is too. Like I said, it is sold out everywhere. They're selling for six, 700 bucks on eBay. Like, this is an unbelievable release. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, once again, that the GameStop like CEO or one of the executives came out saying, hey, um, this is the best console release we've seen in years and possibly of all time. So <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be picking one up. Like I was telling you all earlier, I'm going to be taking a vacation to Vegas, so I want to have someone to play on the plane when I'm there. I've got a 3DS, but... I can definitely tell that the Switch is going to be a little bit better than playing my 3DS on the plane. So by the time I go on my vacation, I will have a Switch and I will be playing Zelda when I'm on that plane. And who knows how far I'll be into the game. I may be at 200 hours at that point and still see a mountain off in the distance and want to go explore and see if I can find a new piece of armor on top of it. Yeah. And Matt, once we're finished with this, with this show, um, I'm going to ask Matt basically pop it up on the TV and we're going to show you just how big this game is. You're not going to believe it, man. Like, even the reviews, they don't... I mean, they say it's giant. It's... I mean, I don't, I don't know for certain how large it is, but I want to say it's probably three... I don't know, two and a half, three Skyrims put wow. together, if not more. It's Daniel, unbelievable. Daniel, better Skype me or something. I want to see that. Dude, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> know how we would do that. I don't, don't have to stream <laughs> anymore oh, yeah, just yet, but... Um, but yeah, it's Alex. I'm serious, man. If, if you ever take my advice, this is the one time I'm telling you, like, you should pick up this game. You will not be able to put it down. Like Natalie said, she was dreaming of it or something the other day, and you know she's sitting at work, like she all she could think about is coming home and playing it. And then Natalie, she doesn't play big games like this a lot. She, you know, she she'll hop on Battlefield or you know, quick quick 
shooter games or, you know, quick match games or something like that. She, I've never seen her get so into a game like this where, you know, it was 3 o'clock in the morning last night, and she's up trying to play Zelda, and I have to basically tell her, babe, you got to open in the morning, like, come on now. Um, you know, it's it's crazy what this game's doing to me. Um, every, every, play, every time I walk somewhere, I just can't believe that I'm seeing this. Like, I'm thinking, oh, my God, people actually took the time to develop this small detail on the side of this mountain that, you know, 20%, 30% of players may never even come to. That's just, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of those details are going to games. I just, I can't believe, like, I, I haven't seen Zelda for myself, but just, like, mm. when you're playing just a random, like, you play a game like Fallout and you just walk up to the side of a building and you, like, see, like, there's graffiti on there, but it's, like, that graffiti is unique to that building. You don't just see the same image just, like, put around on different places just to say like this is figure two of our collection and we're just gonna put that in 80 different places like it's always amazing like some of these details that go into games like you said like maybe one or two people might notice them but yet these developers want to make this game so like vast and unique that they'll take the time even if only one or two people will ever see the detail that they put in there it's just really cool how they can just like kind of leave their mark on there and you see those Easter eggs all over the place in games. And I've heard from people that I've been watching on the internet, like there's Easter eggs all over Zelda. And like, I'm sure there's some that haven't even been found yet. And it's going to be cool when you find out like someone put 300 hours into the game and they found like a collectible that references Metroid or something. Like I'm sure there's things like that in there and we'll keep finding out more and more of them as time goes on. Very it's funny, Dad. Dash just texted me right now. Alex, he says, "Hey, how much was you? Did you pay for the switch? Is it worth it?" And I'm basically just when we finish this episode and post it, I'm literally just gonna like send him a link to this and be like, "Scroll to 45 minutes and, and just tell him like, listen, because this is uh, like I I I really don't speak this passionately about products too much, you know, but this is unbelievable what they've done. Um, I mean, for transparency, I I went and bought. Nintendo stock the day or the day of release right and uh and Matt owns Nintendo stock as well yes. on this and we and we were constantly called by the board of directors because of how much we own <laughs> that's partial part of that is not true <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no but uh we we went on it just because I I truly like I only invest in things that I that I truly believe in that I'm passionate about um and this is obviously one of them so I mean it's it's a crazy system, man. Alex, you've really got to pick one up. I promise you won't be disappointed. <laughs> hmm, I'll think about it. All right, man. Do it. <laughs> and remember, when you no pick way. them up, you must taste the game cartridges. That is your right of passage. No, I did, I did see an article about that. That's funny. Did you read up on that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watched a video on it. It was pretty funny. I, um, I don't think I'm going to do it. It sounds nasty. I'm not going to lick my game cartridge. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't have a game cartridge to lick, and I'm sure Eric doesn't want me licking his game cartridge either. Yeah, I'm going to have to <laughs> deny you access to that. Yeah, much. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no game cartridge safe. <laughs> <laughs> hide your kids, hide your wife. So, yeah, I'm also, I mean, like, accessories-wise, there's some cool stuff I've been looking at, too. Like, um, that Pro Controller, basically, it's, you know, like, a, the quality of a DualShock 4 or, like, a Xbox One controller. It makes, you know, playing games a little bit more comfortable when you're sitting on 
you know, sitting, uh, playing on a TV or something like that. So I'm pretty excited to pick up some stuff like that. Um, games, though, games, 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 games. That's what makes or breaks a console. Um, unfortunately, you know, I told Natalie, we, we both actually bought Vitas back in the day. God, I know, right? Um, but we both bought Vitas, and they were, you know, we were super excited. That, that's kind of what I think that this Switch is it's like a Vita on steroids, right? It's much more powerful. It's more powerful than, you know, the last generations of actual consoles from Nintendo are too. And uh, it actually has the games to back it up and the tech. So um, I, I think it's I think it's going to be something special. I really do believe this is going to make another weeb doom where you can't find one for two months in the stores and everybody's talking about it. It's on, you know, TV and stuff like that. I think it's going to be insane for the company. Hell yeah. I'm wondering, uh, one of the things that a lot of people had questions about with the Switch was, are they going to have, like, trophies or achievements? And me being the achievement hoarder, I'm wondering, is that someone that, you, do they have, like, achievements for Zelda that you've seen, or they do have them? Or? No, not, well, no, what are you talking about, exactly? Like, uh, is there a universal, like, nin- I know you have a Nintendo no, account on there. Yeah, is so there something now, where, like, they're going to track progress between different games and, like, say, like, you unlocked so-and-so in Mario Kart and you also did this in yeah, Zelda and they start adding up? I, I think Natalie's talking about, like, an in-game system, you know, like, a reward sort of system, and I know what you're talking about, Matt. You're talking about a u- universal, like, operating system. And, like, game cross score wide, type stuff. Yeah, cross-game. Yeah. Uh, so there is not, as of right now, um... Granted, this, I'll be honest, which is, you know, connectivity is kind of limited at release here. Um, like, for instance, you know, we can't, you can't even, if you, if I was to go out and get Natalie a, uh, another console right now, she would actually have to restart her Zelda progress. There's no way to switch or move save progress as of right now from onto an SD card or onto another Switch unit. It's not tied to a gamer account or anything like that, so... Like, connectivity-wise, it is a little bit limited right now, uh, but I, I can't see that not coming soon, you know, in the year. Yeah, I'm hoping they... Like, I know I've read articles about that game save thing, and I would hope Nintendo's listening, because I've seen a lot of people that are upset about that, so I, I hope Nintendo's going to start doing their updates. Like, Xbox and PlayStation have regular updates, and I know yeah. people use those consoles really like that, they're, they feel like their feedback is being listened to and they're getting these things fixed that they need. So I'm hoping Nintendo's going to start doing that with the fact that this is an online-capable console. They'll be able to send those updates and fix any issues like that that people want to have as a feature. They don't, they don't want to have to restart a game when they go to a different Switch, so that's definitely something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, totally agree, man. Well, cool. Um, Alex, what are kind of the guys at work? saying about the switch and you guys talking about it much or anybody uh not really Tommy, um Tommy snapchat me the other day um and he was like yo how's zelda like i'm so excited like you know all this stuff and so he seems pretty hyped but yeah tommy's been asking me about it asking me if i'm gonna get one tell me t- asking me if i know anything and i just told him i basically need to talk to eric <laughs> that's what i told him <laughs> and uh and um so i mean he he's definitely interested in, in buying one. And I think there's one other person at the, at work that wants to, wants to buy one too. Um, but I think we're all just like, uh, we're unknowledged about it. We, we don't really know a whole lot about it. And, um, or at least, you know, 
but I mean, that's because, I mean, we just, we just hear, you know, what happens through, you know, TV and stuff like that. But like, uh, sure. none of us like really like look in, in, in too deep on this kind of stuff. And so that's our problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are people that are interested, but you know, just pe- people that don't know a whole lot about it. So, um, maybe I'll take what I've learned right. today and enlighten some people at work and on. Yeah. So yeah, please do, man. Because I mean, I mean, there's some great. Uh, I mean, one of the best things you can do in my mind is just go find like a Legend of Zelda review, just watch it, and uh, it, it's crazy just seeing like what kids. What, like, and while you're watching that review, just imagine this is on a handheld system that can also be used on your TV, and like do something like that, and it will kind of blow your mind as to like what this thing's capable of and how yeah. this is really opening up new ideas for the market and whatnot. So. That's uh, yeah. That's what I've got on it, Matt. You got anything else on the Switch you want to talk about? Um, I'm I'm just really hoping that I'll be able to have some firsthand experience next time that we have one of these podcasts. Like, I wanted to go out and get one myself, but they're sold out everywhere. I I went to pre-order one and I waited about three days after the pre-orders went live, and then they're sold out. And yeah. I have notifications on my phone that will say like, "Hey, there's uh." switches that are back in stock if you want to buy one go to this site and a lot of times it's while i'm at work and then i see it 20 minutes after that notification comes out and i go and they're sold out in 20 minutes so yeah uh, i'm i'm just hoping that at some point that stock gets replenished and i'm able to buy them first party as opposed to a third party seller where they're selling them for 800 dollars because they know that it's a hot item that people can't get anywhere so Hopefully that will happen before May because I don't want to be spending that much money to have my leisure activity while I'm on the plane. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I'm actually looking up right now uh, at local targets in, in my area just to see if they have any in store. What are you? What are you Probably seeing? don't. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out. There's this really good website you can use. You have to know the DCPI number of the item you're looking at, which is like you know kind of like the the skew for it. Um, but basically it's called brickseek.com and, um, it actually has like connections to the actual like Walmart, you know, inventory pages and the target inventory pages. And you can kind of see live, you know, what, who has what, uh, for sale. Uh, I found that very useful. Um, yeah, I don't know if they have it up right now. Did you ever get that target page up? Um, <laughs> no, it just, it's not really telling me if they have it or not. It's just telling me, um, limited store availability so really? i don't know i have to look into it later and see if they have them i don't really feel like going too in depth on this right now but whatever i gotcha i gotcha yeah um like i said i'm about to go out and probably do a little searching in, in person you know see if i can see some palms get some stuff yeah. out <laughs> i hear you the, all right guys i think that's a wrap on the show anybody else got any other tidbits of news or anything they want to talk about no, I'm good. Cool. Matt? I think, think I'm good. Got all of my breadth of knowledge out to the world now. Breadth of knowledge and yes. breadth of the wild? Yes. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Awesome. Well, hey, it's good to be back. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little tired today, so I haven't been as energetic as usual. That would be why. It's a lazy Sunday for me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, hey, we're, we're back, and we're going to be uh, stronger than ever. I think that I like the, the new lineup we got going on here. Like I, like I said, Alex, Matt, seems to be real good on, you know, 
time management, whatnot, being able to come in on the shows and reschedule someone who'll be there, unlike previous guests. Won't yeah, our previous guests were <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, Kevin Fun Spacey dash. was a pain in the ass to work with. He... Um, yeah, yeah, Kevin Spacey wasn't an asshole, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apologies to Kevin Spacey. He was on our lineup for today, but we ran out of time, so we won't be able to get that interview in. <laughs> it's like the Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt Damon was just one, but didn't have time, so maybe next time, Matt. All right. Well, hey, it's been good. This has been ADHD Gaming Podcast, episode number nine. Thanks for listening, and make sure you follow us at uh, ADHD Gaming Podcast on Twitter. Email us at ADHDGamingPodcast at gmail.com with any fan mail or questions you may have, and we'll definitely follow up on them next uh, next week or next couple weeks, whatever we decide to plan the next show. We'll be tweeting this out, uh, kind of our going forward schedule and plan and whatnot. But uh, we will catch you all then. This has been Eric, and uh, we'll, we'll see you later.